know, I titled this message, Don't Move. Don't Move. And what it's talking about is, like I talked about, we're talking about God's refuge. That he is this all-sufficient one who is in our life. And, and when, when we make him our refuge, don't move. So if you, if you just think about one thing this, this whole time is don't move from his refuge, his place where he watches over us. And, um, uh, and, and so, you know, last week and uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, we were going through foundations. And, and I just sensed God was saying, keep going through foundations. Um, but this Sunday, he wanted me to talk about refuge because, because um, I just sensed that, that we need to, to understand that he doesn't want us to move from his presence. That, that is so important. That is so foundational that, that we respond from his presence, that we respond from where he's calling us to, to come and seek him. And, um, and so uh, we're going to continue in foundations, but, but I, I just sense the word for us today is that he is your, he is your refuge and he is your stronghold. And there may be ebbs and flows in our life, things that come and they go. But as we, as we look to him, he is, is the one that, that keeps the ebbs and the flows steady. He doesn't say that we won't suffer. We won't go through things. But what is really happening is he wants us to, to walk from the place that we're called. We're called into his presence. And so he wants us to constantly be in his presence, constantly seeking him with our whole heart, with our whole heart, our whole mind, all our strength, and to remember that he's the one producing this. He's, he's the one producing the results. And, and so um, this little example that I have that, that kind of describes the refuge, or God is our refuge. Uh, Jen was telling us we had a worship team community night on Friday, and we ate spaghetti, and, and it was really good. And, and Jazz made this, like, uh, vegan dish that, you know, I'm not, I'm not eating a lot of bread, but um, uh, it was so good, and and when it, we we were broken up into different tables, and and uh, at our table we were talking about hunting, and, and and I was bragging about Jen and how she's the hunter of our family, and uh, she's the one who shot. I've never gone hunting, and so um, uh, she's she's got this you know deer rack in in our house as as you walk into our house, and and I always look at it and I was like I know we can do it because she's a hunter and. <laughs> And uh, uh, so I, uh, you know, I'm just so blessed by that. And she was talking about when she grew up, um, they had a 400-acre uh, uh, ranch. And part of that ranch was used for hunting. And they'd bring in hunters. And, and uh, they had, a, like, 50 acres where it was just you could hunt uh, white-tailed deer and, and different types of deer. And, um, and when they were kids, they would, you know, they would take their mules, their, their little carts or golf carts, and they would, they would play hide-and-seek. And they would go in the dark and, and just go uh, play hide-and-seek. And, seek. and when, when the light shined on them, they were tagged. They were it. And, and then that, that's the picture is that, that when, we, when we play hide-and-seek, we're, we're looking to, to be in a place where we won't be found where we're hidden and we're protected and, and nobody will see us. 
And that's what I, I want us to think about. When we make God our refuge, we're, we're playing hide and seek, but we're seeking him and hiding in him. We're, 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 we're looking to be wrapped in his wings, wrapped in his presence as he leads us in life. And so we're going to be looking at Psalms 91, and I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. And um, it's talking about how God is our refuge, that God is present in our life, and that um, no matter what the situation is, um, he covers us, he protects us. And we'll learn what does he do in, in his presence? What does he do? And, and how, does it, how is it practical in our life? And so reading in verse, starting in verse 1, it says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Almighty means the all-sufficient one. He's sufficient. He's the one who nurtures us. Verse 2, then I declare about the Lord that alone he is my refuge. This is David speaking. And he's saying, as we just read these four verses, look how he begins by saying, this is my refuge. This is who he is in my life today. And this is, this is what he does as a result of me being comfortable in his presence. So we're going to read this. Verse uh, 2, it says, this I declare. This is what I preach. This is what I preach about in my whole life, about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. He's my place of safety. He is my God. And I trust him. I trust him, for he will rescue you, speaking to us now, he will rescue you, this is how he's witnessing, he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He's using imagery, just like I, I use imagery to talk about hide and seek. This is imagery. He covers you in his wings. And he will shelter you with his wings. And his faithful promises are your armor and your protection. They, They are your armor and your protection. And so as we learn about God's refuge, I want us to recognize the sufficiency of his strength. And to stop rejecting what he's made and what he's remade in our life. That he's the potter. And that we're the clay. And that that we learn to trust him as our refuge. And remember that he can rework all the unfinished areas of our life. He is able to do that. It says, David says, his faithful promises are your armor now. His faithful promises are your armor. So we remind him, God, you said you authored this. So you said, you mean that you're going to finish it. That's a promise. That's on you, Jesus. You're that leader in my life. So um, in verse 2, it talks about, um, he, he's, he's declaring, he's my refuge. He's my, he's my safe place. He's the one. Um, he is my God, and I trust him. And, and that word witness, what it means is, it's, it's a Greek word that, that means uh, martus. Or that's what it, that's the Greek word, martus, and everybody martuses. 
Last week I was talking about architecture. And I was talking about how I love architecture because um, it's not just like looking at a painting. At a painting, you just look at it. But with architecture, um, you, you get to like be inside the art and you get to ex- express how amazing it is. And thank God for engineers who, uh, who can build what these architects want to build. But, um, but that's martusing. That's, that's describing something where, where we're so passionate about something. And, and we're all passionate about something. I, I've sat down with different people, and, and, and they're excited about wrestling, and they, they martuse, and they talk about how great they love wrestling or, or, or boxing or, or um, going on the boat or building things or running and, and, and doing mechanics. And um, there's, there's different ways that we martus. We talk about the things that we're passionate. What David is doing is he's talking about what is passionate to him. And it, it is that the Lord is a refuge. He knows from, he's bringing us into his situation. And he's saying, this is who God really is. I'm not just talking about some distant thing. I'm telling you, he is my refuge. He's the one who, who, who I seek in the midst of war, in the midst of battle. When I got to be on, this is my refuge. And so this is, this is what we draw to. We, 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 we talked about this. When he walks in the room, we're, spe- we're thinking about him as a strong tower, a, a refuge, a place where we can reside, where we can hope in. And so um, what does it mean to make God our refuge? We want to look at different scriptures to understand. Refuge means hiding place. It's a place suitable for hiding something, including ourselves. It's a place where we put our trust in him and he becomes our shield. He, be, he become, We conceal ourselves with him. He becomes our place of protection, our place where he surrounds us with his victory. When, when Israel left Egypt and Balaam the prophet was sent out by the enemy to go out against him, the Lord got into the way of Balaam and would not let him pass. Your God is a refuge. Even the things that you don't see, he stands in the way of the enemy that seeks to destroy you. He is your refuge. Don't move. Don't move. He hides us from the conspiracies of men, and he shelters us from strife of tongues. There's lots of wagging tongues. There's lots of things that people say and they gossip about. about. They, they meet and they, and they talk about certain things. But when you make God the refuge of your heart, he conceals you from all their gossip. He hides you and protects you and, and leads you out. They, they try to gossip out about you and, and slander you. But God won't let anything like that happen. What, what he will protect you. That's the point. Um, it says in Psalms 31, 20. This is where I'm reading that from. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from all human intrigues. This is the NIV. From all human intrigues, you keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. And so even when people accuse you, as you are seeking him, if you, as you are wholeheartedly seeking him, and remembering that, that it's his grace 
that produces life in you and trusting and and resting in that. As you are seeking him from that grace, transformation, uh, that, that as conspiracies come, as people accuse you, he's there to protect you. He will not let you go. Don't move. He's your refuge. And so when we are in the workplace, when we're seeking to work with coworkers, when we're, we're, when we're creating new business in our city with our boss, he protects us from people around us. What else does he do in his presence? Psalms 32.7 in the NIV. It says, he preserves us from trouble. That doesn't mean that trouble won't come, but he preserves us from it. And he surrounds us with songs of deliverance. We sang that raise a hallelujah. Raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. My weapon is a melody. When we end worship, we continue that time of worship because what it is is we're learning to prophetically sing and praise his name even though the situation, even though the situation looks too hard, too difficult, he will bring the breakthrough. God is your refuge. Don't move. In our weaknesses, Psalms 91, 1 through 2, in our weaknesses, we find sufficient strength in him as a refuge for all our needs. I'm going to read this again. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust He's the God in whom I trust. He's he's letting us into his life. He's letting us into his life. When we read scripture, these are men who are letting us into their personal relationship with God. And we're responding because of their faith in God. And so how do we make God our refuge? Um... To be sheltered is to recognize the comfort of his strength. It's, it's to recognize the comfort of his strength. That means like we have to be comfortable in our weakness. We have to recognize, oh, I have a weakness here. And, and I'm going to be comfortable in this uncomfortableness and, and trust in his strength. When Paul was praying to God to take away his weakness, he had eye problems. God's response was, my grace is sufficient for you. To take away the thing that is your weakness would be to remove the grace for your life. To remove, to remove it, it would, it would be removing your greatest strength. And so he wants us to rely on him. He wants us to be bent over, humble, broken before him with a a broken heart towards him, hungry for him. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they they will be satisfied. They will be satisfied. That's a promise. That's your armor. Pick up your armor. That's your armor, his promise. 
He's your refuge. We are remade, and he takes pleasure in it. I was talking about um, Jeremiah 18, verse 3 through 4, where, where God is the potter and we are the vessel. And um, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. We all have a, an inner critic. And, um, and one of the things I, sh- I, I deal with is this inner critic that just sees all the shattered points and, and not all the, the good. And, and we can fall into that trap of just looking at all the shattered pieces instead of promoting the things that we, we love. And, and that's what God does is he looks beyond the shatteredness and he takes pleasure in recreating us, remaking us into what he, his vessel is. And so we're, we're going to look at this scripture and um, we're going to look at how do we silence that inner critic? How do we remind ourselves that it's not through our strength, but it's through him as a refuge? It says, then I went down. This is Jeremiah. He was, he was seeking God for, for Israel's sake. And God told him to go to the potter's house and to watch this potter. And, and so verse 3, we pick it up. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something on the wheel. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in his hand of the potter, so he remade it into another vessel as it pleased the potter to make. And so sometimes all we can see is the shattering, but he takes pleasure in the clay that doesn't want to respond to him. And so he, he remakes it. He remakes it. And, and you see this potter being pleased to remake it. And that's what he's doing in our life. We're putting our lives in the hands of the potter. And so in the context of the scripture, um, Israel has abandoned God. And the northern and southern kingdoms have, have split up. And, and, uh, but when, when Jeremiah is speaking this scripture, there's people from the northern kingdom who have moved down to the southern kingdom. And they want to worship God um, like they were called to worship God. So they've left their, their pasture lands or places where God had given them that place for their family. And, and they left him to follow God. But what was happening was they weren't following God. They weren't uh, seeking him with their whole heart. And what was happening is they were, they were sacrificing things to other gods, putting things in, in place of God. And, and God was sharing with Jeremiah how he deals with those who, who he forms and who he creates. And so I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. So he did as he was told, as he told me, and he found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making didn't turn out the way he hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. And so in some translations... Um, this word spoiled is marred. It means to behave corruptly, to cause trouble. Uh, to, the point is, is that this, this object has become worthless because it just crumbled in his hands. And so when we, we're reading this scripture, it's, 
it's, it's not so much that God can just do whatever he wants, which he can. He can do whatever he wants. But what he's trying to teach his people, what he's teaching us, is that he doesn't just reject what he starts with. The clay that was marred in his hand, it wasn't responsive to the potter. It wasn't wanting to respond the way he wanted the clay to be formed. But when it fell apart, he didn't abandon the unresponsive piece of clay. The potter began to rework it, and he made it into this new vessel. And that's what the story of our life is, is we are putting our hands in the hands of the potter. And we are trusting that even, even though we keep making mistakes or we keep falling into sin, that God, through the spirit of life, the spirit of his, his transformation in us, he leads us out step by step. He, he gives us a way out. He wants us to repent. And so we may be thinking that, oh, maybe God is finished with us. Maybe we've been thinking about, um, that's me right here. Um, maybe we've been thinking about, well, maybe he's finished with me. Maybe this is just the end uh, and, and there's just no more. And, and what his promise is to us is that he will finish what he began. He will finish what he began. Don't look to try to make it happen. He will finish what he began. He is your refuge. He wants you to, to stay there and just, just be the vessel. Be in his hand. Let him rework you and trust him. P- put, it in his, put it in his hands. I remember there was a time, I probably talked about this um, a while back, but there was a time when I thought, oh man, maybe I, I need to leave Valley Church. I need to go to a different state and, and go seek God. And um, I just remember driving in my car back to work because I was, I was working and, and working at the state and going to school and driving back and forth. And, and, um, and I just determined in my mind, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to keep seeking you, God. I'm going to seek you. I'm not going to turn. I'm not going to gossip about this. I'm not going to slander anyone. I'm just going to trust you, Jesus, that you've got this, and I'll stay here as long as you want, and I'll, I'm here for you. I'm here for you, God. And that, that has to be our determination, that we are going to just put our hands in God, and he'll, he'll move us. He'll bring us to the next step. He'll bring us through the storm and, and what, what the meanwhile is. He'll bring us to the next. We trust him. He leads us. And... Um, and um, God answered that prayer in the car, just talking to him. I went up for a word. I went, actually went to Seattle, and I got a word. The word was, don't leave what, where you are. God has something specific for you, uh, a plan for you. And so, again, when we make him our refuge, when, when we're in the car, driving, wherever we're at, when we hide ourselves in his in him as a refuge, he, he actually responds to us. It says that he responds to us. And so that's what he's telling Israel in Jeremiah 
through verse 11, and I'm reading in the message. Then God's message came to me, can't I do just as the potter does? People of Israel, God's decree. Watch this potter. In the same way that this potter works the clay, I work on you. People of Israel, at any moment, I may decide to pull up a people or a country by the roots and get rid of them. But if they repent of their wicked lives, I will think twice and I'll start over with them. At another time, I might decide to plant a people or a country, but if they don't cooperate and won't listen to me, I will think again and I will give up on the plans that I have for them. So tell the people of Judah and the citizens of Jerusalem my message, danger. I'm shaping doom against you, laying plans against you. Turn back from your doom way of life. Straighten out your lives. And so we see, we talked about repentance last time. Repentance isn't just turning away, but it's getting in line with the direction that God is going. It's, respond, it's saying, yes, God, I recognize you just spoke to me. This is wrong. Now I'm going to change and trust in, in your plan. I'm going to trust in your way of life. I, it was like when I was in the car and I was thinking, I don't know what I'm supposed to do for the next five years. What do I do? And, and I just put myself in his hands and I didn't worry about the outcome. I was being responsive with my heart, and we want to be responsive um, with the way that he's leading us. But, but don't move. He's teaching us to trust that he is a refuge. Because there are going to be ebbs and flows this year. There's going to be ebbs and flows in our life. And, and, and one of the struggles is... If we're in a work environment where, where our routine is broken up and, and we rely on our routine to, to, to get our time with God, we're always going to be out of place. We're always going to feel like we're out of place, even though we're not led by our feelings. But, but you know what I mean. I mean that, that we, it's like we're uprooted from our routine of how we do life. But what God is teaching us is that is that he's a, he's a refuge. And so how do we like, how do we let him be a refuge? We have to believe that we are called. We are called by him. If we, if we respond from this place that we're called, then it doesn't matter how our life ebbs and flows. He becomes a foundation for our life. And, and it was just like me just saying, God, I just surrender it all. I just surrender it all. You know my future and you want the best for me. He wants the best for you. That's why we believe that we're called. He wants the best for your family. He wants the best for your... This is gospel. This is good news. This is good news. He wants the best for your family. He wants your family to come together. He wants you to be unified. He wants there to be harmony. He, he wants joy. He wants the joy that you want for your family. Amen. He wants there to be hope for a new day. He, he wants us to, to trust that, that he has got this. Amen. That he has got this. 
Psalms 119.14 says, You are my hiding place and my shield, and I will wait for your word. What David is saying in this passage is, is God speaks to us in that place of refuge. He, it, as we wait on him, he is a shield. He's a shield. And as we wait him, in, on him, he becomes our refuge. Um, if I can have the worship team come on up. Um, Can everybody just turn with me to Psalms 119, verse 105? I just want to go through something because I think it's so important that um, that God is our that God is our shield. And when I grew up, I, I played a lot of video games. And um, one of the fun things about video games is that there are, there are things called Easter eggs where there's a game within a game. And what is happening is, is the creator of this game wants you to, to enjoy the story that is being created. And, and you're to enjoy that, the, the, the inner story within the story. And, and that's what happens when we search God's scripture. There is more to scripture than what we just read on a page. He is speaking to us because he wants relationship with us. And there's places in scripture where he's speaking to us and we don't just, we, we don't notice these things because it just is surface. It's just scripture that we read. But there's actually a person behind it speaking to us. And so in this scripture, um, in, in, um, in Psalms 119, this is the largest chapter of the Bible. And as it's broken up, and I have a point with this, um, just stay with me. As, as it's broken up, it's broken up into 22 sections. And um, each section has eight verses. And each section is a letter in the alphabet um, of the Hebrew language. And... Um, and so when we look at this letter in Psalms 119, 114, it's this letter, Samech, uh, which, which as you read verses 113 to 120, the root word for this means to lean upon, to support, to uphold. The letter represents a shield, a shield. The, the letter represents the omnipresence of our God. That no matter where we are, his presence is not out of reach. And his presence is a shield. It supports, it supports this in scripture. When we read Hebrews 1.3, the sun radiates his own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command, his word. 
And when he was cleansed, when he cleanses of our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. And then if you if you go back one passage, one eight verses, verses 105 through 112, the, the word the word looks like none, but it, it's actually this word noon. And what this word means is it, it suggests someone bowing down, someone who's bent over, somebody who humbles themselves in brokenness, in submission to the Lord God. And so when, when we read these two passages, there's a miracle that happens. Man, I wish I had um, when we look at these scriptures, what it means is Samek verses verses one thirteen through one twenty is that the Lord is an all encompassing support to us, and this this previous eight verses is is a is one who is the faithful one. And so the message here is that when we walk by faith, there's a miracle that happens. The Lord gives support to those who are broken, those who surrender their life to him and they put their trust in him. It says in Psalms 145, verse 14, he's talking about this generation, this generation that speaks from one generation to the other. And each generation is talking about this refuge, this strong tower in each generation. And it's the strong tower of God. And, and the, it says, the Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. God responds to our repentance and our humility to, to seek him as a refuge. And even if we've just been constantly going down the wrong path, I want us to keep in mind that this God of ours isn't just some distant tower, some tower that we look at from generation to generation. He's a God who molds us with his hands. And when it shatters, when it doesn't go the way it was planned, he takes pleasure in what he makes. What he began in you, he will refinish, he will remake in us. And what does his refuge do? He, he protects us from those around us, from wagging tongues, from things that are all around us. He becomes our protection and he becomes our secret place. He becomes our hiding place and our shield. He becomes our all-sufficient strength in Him. Let's just, let's just, can we all just stand up and we're going to pray and worship one last time. Reminding us that we need to we need to lift up Ken and Anne. Uh, 
Ken had a heart attack, but he's, he's doing better. Uh, he, he's in good spirit when I talk with him. Uh, but we need to pray that God would give him strength, that God would be his refuge, that God would help him uh, recover. And uh, we also want to lift up uh, Yvonne. Yvonne uh, was having some issues with some pain in her back, and, um, and so there she's leaving on the airplane right now to, to go up to Anchorage to be um, uh, the doctors to look over her. Um, and so we're just going to lift them up as well. And so just join me as, as I pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for life. And we thank you, Lord, for the, that you are our refuge, that we get to run and hide into you, God. And we ask you, God, and we lift up our brothers and our sisters, Lord, uh, who are away from us right now, who are, are, are needing your help and your provision and your protection. And we pray, God, that you would guide them. You would protect Yvonne, Lord. That you would give her peace, a peace that passes all understanding as she trusts in your healing hand. That you are the one who delivers us from disease. You're the one who, who delivers us from the things that, that are beyond our control, Lord. And we pray for your help, God, that you would help her guide her and you would protect the doctors. You would give them wisdom to, to, to speak into her life, God. And we just pray also that you would um, you just allow um, people to come into her life and to speak life into her um, as she's away. And when we lift up Ken right now, we pray for his life. And we ask you, God, that you would um, that you would protect him. Lord, the enemy has come against him and we just pray against this, this, this heart that needs to be reformed. And, and we ask, like we saw in Scripture today, that you are the one who remakes the broken. You are the one who remakes and, and gives us new life. And so we ask you, God, that you would remake his heart, that you would heal his heart. You would bless his time with his family and that you would make this time rich with his family, God. Them, God. Lord, I lift up your saints. I thank you for today. Lead us, God, in worship as we lift up your name. In Jesus' name, amen.